Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do for this episode to recap the best of the year in non-K-Pop, J-Pop, C-Pop, etc. I didn't want to just do a bunch of repeats and make you bored with the show, so I decided out of hundreds of semi-finalists, I whittled down a list to 50 finalists in a random order, 50 Asian pop artists outside of K-pop who really impressed me this year, interested me, overall were worth noting about. The 50 noteworthy names that you should have on your radar. Mostly good, some an acquired taste, but these are the people who are out there, eccentric, or just otherwise very, very interesting and unique. The 50 one-of-a-kind artists you need to know. Without further ado, again, random order here, here is who I picked. I apologize, it's a force of habit. Some of these names I might say backwards, because English reads left to right, whereas Japanese is right to left. So like Kumi Koda, they would say Koda Kumi. Sorry if I fall into that habit. Angie. A Taiwanese singer-songwriter who at just 24 is really already just amazing me. She's a high-pitched, heavenly delivery in her multilingual songs. The Angie EP really knew how to pick singles. To the stars dazzled with all the sparkles. And then, a fun twist with the synth-pop Bad Dream, which definitely brings the concept to life in an unexpected way. A voodoo doll effect of sorts as she stabs a burger and gets up to some other odd hijinks in a diner. Chaos ensues as she gets angrier and angrier, seeing her crush on a date with someone else. She proved to have a good knack for knowing what songs off an EP should be, given the video treatment. Quite an underrated pop star who recently proved it again with the fun new single, Can We Kiss? Be First, a colorful J-pop boy band in more ways than one. Their music is very fun and youthful, brings back early, early day, got seven memories. And they showed off a more cold in a cool standoffish way, like a cool guy at school. That attitude was the focus last year with like Betrayal Game. But this year they went for just super cheerful, bubbly, youthful stuff with the colorful video for Boom Boom Back. Lots of fun jackets, colorful paint on the buildings, a self-filming style. So like you're hanging out at a skate park with the guys, like just casual and approachable. A total 180 this year. Then, the mainstream EP, some singles with Sky High as well, their boss and who they're the prodigy for, basically. And then the Smile Again, three-song EP, that reminded people why Boom Boom Back was a very endearing, good single choice. Karen Cece, really smooth, perfect for R&B vocals. Throwback R&B vibes, really just her sweet spot. She nailed it with Bad Girls Behave. Plus the Everybody Loves Me EP, which had a bit more of a pop focus. Lyrics full of confident attitude. She goes back and forth rapping and singing and shows off that duality too with the performance focus of the Go Love Yourself video. This punk meets softer fashion choices. Like cool girl, but kind of approachable too. There's also a cool subtle mix of hard and soft sides to her, like in the Bad Girls Behave video, she's there at first alone in a performance video, then the backup dancers join in. Like first it's exclusive, then it's not. Her singles this year included Gigi. She released Everybody Loves Me as an EP and then the Nobody Loves You remix EP. And some other releases this year include collaborations like the pop punk Perfection that is her Juice Boy collab, Target. 
And then another great one for pop punk fans, but a bit more low key, Rosie with 77KE. He's really great. He's on this list too, actually. An underrated Thai artist with a clear, distinct creative lane, musically and visually. Your Wonderland, really great song. Ken the 390. This year he showed off duality in the clearest, most overt way. He released Unfiltered Red, then Unfiltered Blue, both six song EPs, one after the other. They both have their strong suits when it comes to highlight moments of rock and rap, definitely more emotional and fittingly Unfiltered Blue. Unfiltered Red, much more just confident and ready to party. It's got the volume up, the attitude is more optimistic, but with both he proved to rap and sing with just so much passion and palpable intensity. My favorite song of his this year might be Anything Goes. Mars 23, a Chinese rap and hip-hop star who released one of my favorite songs of the year with Ozzy, Gaslight, which I've talked about approximately one bajillion times on the show before. Frankly, his standalone singles this year you can skip, but Gaslight and his album Not So Far Away must hears. The album is a whole listening experience with the intro called Pandora's Box, the outro, the interlude. It's all one story woven together, skits of sorts and atmospheric instrumentals. It's like a musical, a very twisted, dark musical. The videos are very symbolism heavy, like in Self-Hatred, he has this blood-stained outfit, tries to hold up this giant boulder, he desperately reaches for a crown and a snake, but can't reach either. A drawing comes to his rescue of Superman, instead of an actual Superman, but he can view himself as the person in the drawing. He sings about needing to get away from his inferiority complex. Then there's Not So Far Away, the video, which shows him climbing up this endless ladder to the sky, and he never makes it to the top. It is endless. So there's a lot to read into that. The deeper meaning of, I didn't reach the destination, but the journey's not over yet either. Gave me a little flashback to watching Amygdala from August D. That video too is the message at the end that feels incomplete, like, well, I never made it fully, but I'm not as far back as I was when I started. There is progress here. There is something to be proud of here. There is a sign hope and change and light are possible. And the song is about dealing with life as it is, not trying to sugarcoat it, not being born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but planning to fight twice as hard as you must, not just out of necessity, but desire too. Yeah, definitely some August D thematic parallels. Nana Uyan. She has this soft, understated delivery, but her songs are pretty emotional, yet kind of cavalier too. She conveys multitudes through her delivery. She seems very mentally present as she sings. Throughout this ballad-filled, heavily acoustic guitar-focused album, The Star, my favorites are the higher-energy moments like her collab with No-No and the final track, which also was a standout single, Mama Said, with such a fun eye-roll attitude. If eye-rolling had a theme song, it might be Mama Said. Plus, this year she released the Golden Hour cello version, so that was a delightful surprise. Novelcore 
I've summed up his work before as artistic sputtering, artistic machine malfunctioning. It sounds like a bunch of sound effect buttons, sound effect keyboards were just thrown down a staircase or something. Very noisy, but in a melodic way. Very commanding attention-wise. Yet when his instrumentals are not as busy, they command attention for other reasons too. He's really quite a transfixing presence, like in Jenga. He's like this voyeur wandering around as people take pictures and paint pictures. It's very strange, but it also makes you as a viewer feel like it's kind of meta. Like, wow, I'm saying this guy just spending minutes staring at this work of art feels uncomfortable to watch. But wait, what am I doing? It's about voyeurism in a very odd way. This year he also released some more punk-focused pop songs like No Way Back and Bye Bye with the Will Rabbits. Plus his collaboration with SG was featured on SG's new album, Lotto. So let's talk about SG next. He is on this list, especially for Finale, the album, which had quite a diverse array of offerings. Electronified voice moments, autotune heavy, playful ones, songs with more of a just dance floor banger ingredient to them, happy chill vibes, like on Rainy Day, dramatic piano moments. The videos and singles really covered a ton of topics too, and so did the very stimulating to watch, multi-format, not sticking to one topic, the collage of scenarios in the preview video. XG. This was their year. Besides New Jeans, it's hard to say a group, honestly, any girl group, had a bigger climb popularity-wise. I mean, it feels like Tippy Toes and Mascara were so trial runs, were so not the perfect fit compared to this. This year, they really didn't try to be generic and that became a strength. They released very eccentric videos, songs with more genre blurring. This year really clarified 2022 them is gone, 2023 and beyond XG really are better and more confident in this, like I said, eccentric vision. They incorporate bells, trap beats, electronic details, you name it, into these instantly recognizable songs. First, it was Left Right and Shooting Star, which has a wild rainbow of outfit choices, prisms of light, hard to look away from, lots going on. Then they leaned more into this girl crush meets dystopian goddess creator of a new world post-apocalypse warrior high-tech concoction. A whole new species, as they say, the X-Gene. They're taking over a new planet, which of course leads to a very unforgettable, question mark filled in a forgivable way videos. They made the world their oysters this year. Yao Chen a Chinese artist who released a self-titled album that showed off his more vulnerable side in the B-sides. The A-sides showed off a more rugged, macho persona, quite a juxtaposition. The best single was Problem, a great summative song for his unique musical style. The piano, the talk rapping, tempo, the strange post-piano sound, it's very him. The videos show quite a contrast too, Lonely showing him on this backpacking trip, beautiful sights to see. But then the self-titled video focuses on so much action. This year he also released the low-key Rum Tonight in the English version of Christmas Snow with Nick Chun. Asaki, spelled 4S4KI. 
She has really immersive soundscapes. Very ethereal pop, dream pop, hyper pop, grimes pop. I know I compare a lot of hyper pop to grimes, but she's just my favorite. The epitome of great futuristic pop opened up new musical pathways, so underrated. Anyway, but when I compare someone to Grimes, I mean it as the biggest compliment. Asaki's got some of that futuristic style, but smooth and definitely not derivative. The electronic waves just wash over you as you hear this very vivid collection of, like I said, parts of a sweeping soundscape. With the album Code Guess and just the singles, Shirley, Winter Again, quite a big year for her, where she really focused on nailing that style. Adarashi Gako I love how much they lean 110% into their weird, weirdo reputation. They love it, they embrace it, they laugh with you so you don't laugh at them. They're a four-piece girl group who really don't care what people say. That's their whole branding, is being unconventional, unapologetically, to the max. They even choreograph their own routines and intentionally make it look kind of frenetic, kind of quote-unquote uncool. Their whole thing is nerdcore. And you could see why their songs resonate with younger generations. Because they have this blend of cynicism and strength slash optimism. Like, Tokyo Callin' is about the daily grind and wishing for a better, more aspirational way to live. But it's also about that hope for a future out of this monotony is possible. Then there's The Edge, where they sing about both feeling like they're going off the edge and the edge of something good. They also have several songs where they kind of talk about beating people up as, like, something to pity. Like, hey, you said I'm super pathetic, so why are you wasting precious time and energy trying to beat me up? You're focused on me, but you called me pathetic, so you're pathetic if you're focused on me. They flip things around in a clever way, so overall, their messages are about kind of facing the world as it is and taking the flaws in it and finding the humor in them or just spinning them around to make them have the upper hand again. Plus this year, they were on Kimmel, and that was so exciting to see. When do J-pop stars get on late night shows in the U.S.? Maybe less than 1% of the time, so that was really exciting. Horizon, H-O-R-I number 7 O-N. They're a Filipino boy group, but they're promoted not as P-pop, but as a global pop group. They were trained under a K-pop model in South Korea. By K-pop standards, one thing they didn't follow is the tracklist order. They went all out. So the album Friendship has disc 1 and disc 2, totaling 20 songs, which is like more than some K-pop groups get to release in a full year. They also went with an array of aesthetics, lots of color and cuteness with lovey-dovey and dash. They also have a fan song. So they're taking some of the most beloved aspects of K-pop boy groups and doing their own thing with them. Little Glee Monster. First of all, congrats on a 10-year anniversary year. I really hope next year has more big-name collabs for them. A big global moment, because I just feel like their momentum was not sustained as much as I'd hoped after the Earth, Wind, and Fire collab, then the Pentatonics one, but then for years it was not that level. So hopefully they revive some of that global interest more next year. I really like the latest group of members. I think they have really good synergy, and I hope people are giving them a fair chance. 
This year they released live albums, the EP Fanfare, and tons of cool covers. Lots of acapella, lots of medleys. Their latest actually, just a few days ago, came out, which mixes everything from Doja Cat Say So to 5050's Cupid, all in one. The harmonies really are unmatched. Maisel. A new boy group who debuted this year that caught my eye and ear. Their name stands for Maze and Zeal, like passion. They have very bold, brassy songs, loud literally and figuratively. Carnival, I would say, was the standout this year. Kind of Zykers-esque in its spooky storytelling that tries to tell the story through more sounds than just typical instruments. Miyavi. Even though it was not a big year for him in terms of new music, it was a big year for him in every other way. First of all, props to him. He's still doing so much great work for refugees and refugee awareness and performing at events related to that cause. Besides that, he's been busy helping others out. I kind of confirmed in an interview that he does the iconic guitar for Melody and Christine's stuff. He released Rays with Noilion, which was really good. He did the collab with The Rampage, Roundup, The Super M of Japan, The Last Rockstars, released Psycho Love, and he released a cool live EP of his virtual show, Oasis. Speaking of Melody and Christine, let's talk about them next, Miyavi's wife and sister, but they really are distinct. Special artists I got to interview, I promise I would put them on here, even if I did not. They really are talented and have been in this business for years, but this is a real new, reborn version of them. I love the care and attention they've put into every song so far. If I, In the End, Halcyon. The songs they don't just release, but candlelight versions, piano versions. Each song gets some sort of remix or otherwise gets a lot of promo on socials. They are really, clearly, really invested in this passion project. It's about solely the music and the message to them. It's very meaningful, earnest music about music as a universal language, the healing power of it, the desire to reconnect with people, cherish them while they're still here, the sense of time and trying to stop it from moving away so fast. Some universally relatable stuff with a dreamy sound to go with it that's quite calming and everything will be all right message of peace and love. Niju, N-I-Z-I-U. A girl group from K-pop juggernaut, JYP Entertainment. This Japanese group actually had their Korean debut, a K-pop debut this year, with track videos, concept photos and stuff, the whole classic K-pop promo rollout, and an adorable video for Hartress, a video starring Stray Kids Felix. Their Japanese release, Coconut, and the repackaged Paradise, was really one of my favorites this summer. A great summer album, lots of great pop bops, Jump might be my favorite and a classic, again, K-pop-inspired summer concept for the Coconut video. But the concept trailer was a nice, exciting, and distinctive preview for both that comeback and their K-pop debut. One and only. They had a busy year. Freaking Happy, Evolve, Reflection, Open, Get That, so many singles. They were just in nonstop promo mode. Really smart because when Departure the album came out, it's lengthy. But it feels like you want to check it out more, you're inclined to, because you already heard tons of the songs on it that were singles. So it's a smart promo strategy because sometimes people are hesitant to try a new artist. But hey, if you heard their singles, you're already prone to check out the other stuff too. And 
and sit through a listening experience that's not totally new. You have some guaranteed bops on there. Penthouse. They released their first full album this year. They're often just feel-good songs, but they mix things up to keep it interesting, with instrumentals and tempo changes. What really won me over more than the music are the videos. Spider Thread has this escape room type set of challenges, different puzzles they have to solve to break free in this fun house of sorts. The video ends where they cut these cords that looked like harnesses, but then kind of seemed to resemble power cables. There's quite a bit of ambiguity in their interactions with their environment in that video, but it really holds your interest and takes their music, which has pretty tried-and-true themes. It makes them universal yet not same-old, same-old. Personalized. Jeff Sutter. A Thai artist I have gushed about a ridiculous amount of times on the show. Truly, though, I just adore him and his music. Not even going to pretend to be impartial here. The Toulon Didn't Listen version of all those past rants about him is that his voice is intoxicating. It's fantastic, and it really tells a story. His voice has all these multitudes in it. So in his songs, he's singing different characters in a way. He's telling a story that evolves as the song progresses. Like in Black Tie, when he's the villain, his voice lowers or rises to correspond depending on the moment and the scene. He's setting scenes with his voice alone, a real talent. And his songs are very fun to listen to, pop-focused, when not ballads, but very deep. Like, the songs are, I've called them before, tragic poems, devastating lyrics, but some catchy tunes, Love Dum Dum, and the multiple versions we got this year. Then Black Tie, this year he also released Lucid, which is quite a sad but romantic poem. In that video stars, who we'll talk about next, Nene, N-E-N-E. She was in that video, but besides that, she had a massive year. Actually, she just has a remarkable resume period. The acting range in addition to the singing range. I mean, she is always so booked and busy. This year, she released Killing Me Softly, KLMS, a song with a very unsettling, on purpose, things that go bump in the night, instrumental. So the appeal is in the instruments, but the appeal is really in the straightforward but suitable lyrics in All About That Day which has a great music video. In terms of pacing, camera work, the maximum emotional effects were definitely achieved. They don't rush it. They don't drag out the action either. A great timeless story that fit right in on its album, Gentle On My Mind. She had some other songs out too this year. Like I said, her resume is just always adding like five things to it. Bandmade. Another group celebrating 10 years. So they released a special two-part best-of compilation. They really built on their momentum this year. From the Aftershock Fest from 2022, plus they had a North American tour this year. So they really are continuously leveling up. Really excited for them to get this global, much-deserved recognition. This year's new singles, Shambles and Memorable, have their classic bandmate-esque lyrics, which are very invigorating and have some fantastical elements to them, like their first storybook character outside of reality, but also about deep-rooted, very real passions and emotions, too. Girls Squared 
a J-pop girl group who released so many great singles this year that were the epitome of just super cute, happy, cheerful tunes. Not as bubblegummy at times as you would expect. The guitars and the percussion in The Finest and Rocksteady, their songs with Ice Cream this year, standouts. The others gush about a crush and other feelings with this contagious enthusiasm. Luz, L-U-Z, a Japanese artist known for his anime and Vocaloid covers, so naturally all of his songs do have a very niche tone, but I love it. It gets creepy, it gets kooky, in all the best ways. The Ruthless video is like Coraline meets Alice in Wonderland meets some other gothic tale. His other videos this year, also equally dark, Halloween movie-esque, spooky, and over-the-top, often oddly paced too, like the camera work was at either half the speed or two times the speed. Your sense of time is askew. Just like it is as you power through a listening session to these full speed ahead, really rapid, frenetic in a good way, anime rock jams. This year he also released some dope singles, like the big one with Amatsuki, among many others, and his song with Goat, You're Being Fooled By Me. Mandark an indie artist who released a new album, Bad A88, that transcends genres, clear-cut categories of all kinds. Very full songs that get very experimental. The best might be the intro, Sushi. Then she had singles for more retro pop fans with Dede Mouse and Crystal T, plus a song with Tokimeki Records. Milia. This year she released the R&B album with some ballads, some more pop-leaning stuff too, Blonde 16. A snake-starring, gold-covered, curious video for Respect Me came out, as did some other songs like One Night Party and Rock Your Body that are just about hyping you up for a good bounce-back night, a good time. Rea Suda Although she didn't have a ton of new releases this year, the quality of them, Chef's Kiss. Her first full-length album, In Years, finally came out, Circle, with lots of lively, tambourine and shaker-filled, bell-filled songs, but also ones that are more stripped-back, mellow, a fun weekend soundtrack for the more low-key, chatting-with-friends moments, and the more upbeat, getting-ready-to-go-out moments, too. Plus, she had a striking set of visuals to go with this album, and included some of my favorites on the new live album. Sakura Zaka 46. Wonderful title track in Shonen Yoku. Such a cool instrumental breakdown, an electronic and industrial blend, and similar in-your-face blends throughout the rest of the EP. Plus the start over one too. As we bid adieu to Mizuho, this is really going out with a bang. Violet Wautier. A Thai artist with a beautiful, delicate voice. She teamed up with Define Decay, an alt-metal group who should not work with her. Theoretically, it doesn't make sense, but they actually vibe quite well together, and it made sense with the, the band's new direction in a more pop lane than they used to be. So she helped make that transition as lovely to hear as possible. She released some other beautiful collabs this year as well, plus I Do It Again, the piano version. I also must recommend Sick, the acoustic version, with Patrick Anata. Ozzy. This artist really made big moves this year under his self-owned label. It's clearly him on his own terms, on his own unfiltered platform. 
Attico is a great album. Stands for After Dark I Come Alive, and he themed a whole stadium show after it in Taiwan. This year he also performed at Rolling Loud Thailand. Plus Slide was an NBA 2023 soundtrack edition. He had a really big global boost this year. And piqued my curiosity for this new era right from the start with the teaser monologue about what does it mean to be truly alive? Then he went to this basement to play guitar with these Kiss knockoffs. It's quite a story. And then he really kept the strange, sinister surprises coming with the rock bangers in the album itself and the visuals. And again, one of my favorite songs of the year, Gaslight with Mars 23, so good. This year he also hopped on the Where You At remix with Jay Park and Ning Ning. Gem. Before the bonus follow-up delight of the Time EP, she released a great album, Revelacion, her first Spanish-language one, that is so all-consuming to listen to. The rattling noises, whispers, echoes, voiceovers, a mix of so many details to immerse you in the story. And she paired it with a set of cinematic short films to go with it. So it's a very multimedia engrossing experience. And Gloria, truly one of the most stunning songs of the year. INI. They released some good catchy poppy peas this year. Classic pop boy band Charm abounds. What made them stand out, though, is the concept trailer for the Drop That Era, where they had a voiceover monologue about togetherness. It was really cute, and it showed them being kids. Made me kind of nostalgic for TXT's original intro teaser content. Just seeing them goof off, act their age or younger, and just be embracing of their inner child. It felt like watching a home movie of sorts made the group feel like special friends for you to join in the adventures. Plus, they showed really good improvement this year when it comes to dancing synchronization. So props to them. It's extra hard to get on the same page when dancing with an odd number, let alone 11 people. Alala. A Thai girl group with very bright, bold, engaging music videos. They really are just something special and different. They have a unique sense of snarkiness to their lyrics too. But then again, they go for a sugary sweet side with Do Re Mi, which has very storybook-esque lyrics. But my favorite of theirs this year, probably Bad Mouth. Anonymous, a Japanese artist who just carries every song on 11.11. Lots of drama, stunning ballads, lots of piano back stuff, but some poppy lighter stuff added in there too. She also shines with ensemble versions of some of her songs, Unbreak and Eyes, which really are standouts. Baby Metal, J-Rock icons for a reason, back at the top of their game, fantastic orchestral flourishes on top of these EDM rock bangers. We got more headbang material at their classic breakneck pace with those smashing iconic instrumentals they really brought it with the album the other one in addition to that they released a song with tom morello metal which did a cool job incorporating his style with theirs and had some interesting japan specific lyric references that can be a cool research rabbit hole educational opportunity for people like myself and they teamed up with fanboy Lil Uzi Vert, love that, with the end. Chan Mina, 
a trilingual artist who went for everything from in-your-face rap to angsty pop-punk to playful piano-focused one-of-a-kind gems like B-List to the instantly iconic Bijin remix with A-Witch. Just so, so much variety. A song for everyone on the album Naked. And a set of videos that also ran the gamut. The angelic, visually striking video for You Just Walked Into My Life, the animated webtoon-esque sunflower video, the Marie Antoinette core of B-List. When you think she's getting boring, hang tight because the next release goes in the opposite direction than whatever you were starting to expect. Don't get lulled into a sense of predictability with her. You'll be surprised. She further proved dynamism with World Dance, some other singles, a new live album, and a collab with Yena for her Japanese debut with Smiley. Exile Tribe, which has a bajillion subunits, the NCT structurally of Japan, so they had to be on this list just as a whole. So many subunits under that umbrella. The Rampage probably were my favorites this year. But the Stars EP from J Soul Brothers really a standout. Generations with Diamonds, that was great. Ballistic Boys with Miku on a remix, that was something. That's all I'll say. Lil League brought some Zyker's energy to Monster. JO1. They did, similar to One and Only, such a good job sustaining momentum and releasing so many singles, so by the time the full album Equinox was here, you felt like you already knew and loved it. They really just gave tons of their own songs the deserved hype. They also had a big, hopefully big, global moment with Eyes on Me, a collab with Rehab. King New I talked about their new album, The Greatest Unknown, at length in the Best of November episode, which wasn't too long ago, so for the sake of time, I'll quick move on. But great album, full of variety, interesting animated activity throughout it, and the videos add a whole other dimension. They reminded me a bit of Millennium Parade in that sense. Very Coraline stop-motion aesthetics to Glass Window, in a very surreal montage to specials. Meme Tokyo. Still called that as of recording time. A name change was gonna come like a bajillion years ago. This year was not the year, but anyway. They kept the electro pop bops coming from Meme Tokyo, the self titled release, to Memetic Infection, which showed some new subunits and other zigzagging sonic choices. They really kept things unpredictable, but still in their diverse wheelhouse. Nissi. The short film of a video, classic Nissi, to make a whole mini-movie out of a video. So we got that with the extensive When You Were Mine, which has a dance break mid-action, but besides that, an emotional romance story that you get very invested in right away. But then you just went with vibes, vibes only, with Feels, a candy-colored collab with Saweetie. He also released Rendezvous this year, a softer sound for him, and then Super Idol, the opposite, with Sky High. So a year full of iconic collaborations and attention-holding storytelling. Nogizaka 46. They released so much classic music for them. So fast-paced, so fun, so everything I love in pop songs, only 10 times the speed, all rising action. Plus, they had so many videos this year. You're bound to have a song and video as a pop music fan that makes you see, oh, that's why this group is so popular. 
And of course, there's the fact there's so many of them. So anything they do as a group, you kind of want to root for them. It's like a massive, is this real team project. Octpath. Their songs grew on me. They had quite a smorgasbord with Showcase. A bit of a taste of everything on that album. Their songs are kind of all over the place, but in a good way. And they added character, proving a natural performance instinct. Plus their synchronization and sense of fashion seem better than ever. Real. R-E-O-L. An electropop dynamo who also had quite a bit of dance pop on the album Black Box. But classic hyperactive stuff with glitter, agitate. The videos were very standout too, with DDD showing a very colorful cast and Secret Trip, that was last year, but the song is on a new album and I like the reminder that that song exists. It is a very interesting story I was hoping for a sequel for, related to flashbacks, play dates that went in strange directions, very Wonderland-esque directions. Her creative vision remains bizarre in a really, really good way. Ricky Maru, who is rebranded from Into One Ricky Maru to just Ricky Maru. He started off the year with the noisy Mando Pop Jam up and down, where he has three really nice sharp outfit changes and tells a story about different versions of him confronting each other in a way. He kept the high-stakes feel of his suspenseful music videos happening with the talking about video, the choreography helping tell the story. Crown or Clown is an unconventional throw stuff at the wall, see what sounds stick release that really worked more than it didn't. Lots of swings, maybe some misses, but this year really was a good growth year for him, and visually he really went next level. SB19, a Filipino boy group with a Hunger Games-esque interesting end of the world, trying to preserve your resources, what are they going to do, music video. They had like a movie trailer released first. I thought that was really smart. That got me really curious. Well, what's going to happen in the Gento video? So watch the full Gento video. I won't spoil it. But then the album it was on really had some classic boy band, ballad and R&B material, feel good stuff too. So a thoughtful, well-done video premise, what boy band dreaminess is made of with the album, and then Josh Collin is a real solo star too, releasing a string of singles this year. All very different. My favorite is probably Wild Tonight, which really leans fully into this vampire persona. Super Dragon well, they showed off a dance floor-ready electronic focus for most of Infinity Tape. The album Mirror had more of a variety and their usual unexpected twists and turns. Jazzy numbers, EDM, rock, pop, sometimes a mix of two or three of those. Waita, spelled W-H-Y-T-E. This artist featured on the also intriguing group Elephant Jim's album. They're both ambitious, experimental artists. Elephant Jim fuses more classical and jazz with more rock, alt-rock inspo. Waita is more soulful and lo-fi. But they really were, I thought, a great pairing. So hopefully they work together again in the future. Her songs are quite lo-fi and soulful, but they also have a lot of bite and pull no punches. Yoasobi. 
they really had such a big year. I would like to thank not just the super hit song on social media, Idol, but also I hope people look back into their other stuff too. They really have a rousing discography. It's all very vivid. They have some really great lyrics to create visuals in your head. Like it's all very scene setting. They're really good at storytelling, writing the scripts basically. Not just in the book three, but in The Brave especially. That single, those lyrics were just so vivid to me. For Eve, a type pop girl group who continue to release classic pop fare, but with one-of-a-kind visual counterparts. They had this Barbie Dreamhouse vibe to La La Look. The It Girl vibe remained in Not Kidding. Gold was the word for the I Like Boys era. Vroom Vroom, Tears, Assemble, Life Boy, Love Mode. They had such a big year. Plus member Hannah did a collab with Yes Sir Days. And the group featured on XOXO Entertainment's group album called The Test of Time. Some great feel-good unison tracks on there. And some other just vocal powerhouse moments too. Interesting pairings of artists from that underrated Thailand-based company, XOXO. Two more. One, Millet, one of my all-time faves. I've talked about so much on the show in the past, so I'll keep it quick now. You know if you've listened to my show before, I think the world of her, one of my all-time favorite artists, period. Any genre, any place. Really great voice, raw, gripping delivery, incredible range, fantastic discography. I'm just so enthralled every time she releases something. And lastly, I have to shout out Ryuchi Sakamoto a truly unmatched, pioneering artist in so many ways. We could do whole episodes worth about him. I mean, he really did prove that techno wasn't just a a European invention. A lot of techno roots, I mean, technically, in terms of the actual machines that made the music, so production-wise, but otherwise, too, these trends did somewhat start in Japan, at least more than the assumed history attests. Like YMO, the group he was in, they really did want to make sure people didn't forget how much electronic music started in Tokyo. I mean, Technodelic, The Spirit of Techno, Technopolis, they named their work constantly that reminder. And even LFO, the UK group, they credit YMO. Yeah, they said they kind of paved the way. He also was so incredible with his vision, not just to be like an environmentalist and very, you know, pro-peace and pro-artist. He launched Commons, this group, with Avex Group, a label he was hoping would kind of reform the artist relationship with labels to be more truly artist-focused about restoring more rights to them. He also just really was proud of putting Tokyo on the map, pushing musical boundaries, the power of music, really great visionary and just outlook. I talk about him this year because the posthumous Crystalline EP is here, and his final album came out in January. Then he passed away in March. May he rest in peace, truly. The album 12 is a powerful collection of recordings he worked on while in cancer treatment, so it's as personal as it gets. And his final live was just a piano and him, really symbolic in a way, just stripped back to a final please focus on the music plea. So he will never be forgotten. And there were so many lyrics I was thinking of quoting here that could be a favorite. But I'll pick, I want to understand the cost of everything that's lost. I want to understand the cost of everything that's lost. Really worth sitting with. 
How about a lightning round? Other artists who are very high on my consideration list. Speed round, let's go. I Don't Like Mondays, a Japanese band with some city pop and synth pop easy listening. Ms. Uja, her new album 40, has songs that give so many profound life lessons learned in her past 40 years of life. Pink Fun, so much cute bubblegum pop from the C-pop girl group with very Barbie, Polly Pocket-esque vibes to the video. Adu, her trademark style of anime music stayed as varied and interesting as ever, and she jumped on the Unforgiven Les Seraphim remix. Hua Chenyu, with the wonderfully titled album Hope, and the standout song Airplane Mode has such a fun video to go with it that's like odd, but then it gets odder, and every time it's like, oh, I kind of get what's happening here, it's something changes. It's not the ground is out from under the characters, it's like the whole scene is out from around the characters. You'll see. Cindy Wang, lots of dreamy pop bops with Bite Back, and very fun, aesthetically pleasing out there videos. Plus, she got to do a version of the Wish Disney song, This Wish. Trident, a J-Rock group with so much in-your-face, tough love energy. So many messages like, like the main track, like just get up there and seize the day. Likeable, but maybe it was more, I guess it was meant to be just in-your-face, but I found it likable and refreshing. Shishi, she released a great, fluid yet very versatile new album, Boomerang. The best song is Unwind. New boy group, TOZ, released Flare, their debut EP, and gave off so much young MCND or NCT Dream energy. So youthful and cute. Vicky Blanca released Worldfly, a collection of songs inspired by his travel around the world, and you get that sense through the songs. It's very scrapbook-esque. 1-5 made me laugh with their cute FAFO delivery, and Chance Times Change is interesting because it's not super hyper, and it's not the typical pacing of a lot of J-pop. Lexi Liu, she didn't have a ton of new stuff this year, but her incredible album from last year, Magician, got three new performance videos. Yes, I count the December 28th one as 2023 at this point for Diablo, but then new performance videos too for Dance Dance and Bad Dream. But the brand new song this year, Delulu, so her, so ug energy, but with a whirlwind instrumental, this rapid clip of rapping and singing, the fluid transitions among language. She is such a cool, fascinating artist. Chenyo, they had some retro, synth-focused, upbeat stuff on the new album, although their best was How Dare You, and some sweet romantic videos for this I Love You Everywhere All at Once era. Bilkin is a Thai artist who released Love's Apprentice, a laid-back brass band meets city pop, ballad quality but not ballads tone, and a similar easygoing, looking on the bright side mindset with songs like Daily Magic. And Team, they had some very cool visual components for their songs. Their songs also had some clever choices, like the Now Here, Nowhere teasers. Just one space changes the word. Some classic hybe, tangentially hybe-affiliated tendencies to tell a deeper story. 
Allie released a couple songs this year. Zigzag, Passcode, A Song with the Toys. Passcode is a cool premise. Filming a movie while getting real feelings for someone while you're acting. It's got a fittingly up-in-the-air ending. Zigzag is just nice aesthetically. Lots of color. And the world is her fashion show. Moonchild, a Japanese group, honestly, I didn't care for Delicious Poison, but the Friends Are Four era showed a big improvement. I think Friends Are Four is the lane they should stick to more, mostly because it is a lane to stick to. It's not too much thrown at you at once, like with a Don't Blow It video. Friends Are Four is a more targeted approach, with the classic, oh no, my parents got home early and found out I threw a party against their wishes premise. Ozone, not the Eurodance group, the Taiwanese boy group, kept showing off individual sides with all the singles and videos from Slow Down to I'm Your Lovesick Zombie to Painful Hug, Ducky. Bish released Innocent Arrogance, a really thought-provoking song about social constructs, plus a compilation album, the song Patient. Then they ended in June. They officially disbanded. It was really sad, but we have so much music to thank them for now and cherish. It was also meaningful that they covered a, a song from 96, Spark, by Yemen. That's one way they say their name, as part of Bye Bye Show. Their Bye Bye Show song, really emotional. Nact Vane, N-A-Q-T-V-A-N-E, technically a group with one main singer, and she really pulled out the acting instincts with the videos and her voice. She really is very passionate when she sings. Her best song this year was the pop bop, Chronic. Sky High was spitting fire on Dunk, but then he also just helped out his rookies with the first collabs and teamed up with some other icons in Japan, Ozzy and Nissi, on separate works. A Witch, I could spend a whole episode talking about. She's got quite a life story, but for the sake of time, I'll just say she continues to be a rap powerhouse with quite a story to tell. And this year, she also showed off so much style and swag with the union and her newer songs like Pendulum. Mrs. Green Apple really brought it. Sonically, it was interesting how they went from more rock to a straight-up pop feel with the album and the falsetto changes and stuff. Vocally, tonally, a shift this year. And I love how colorful the artwork is. But mostly, I praise them this year for the very aesthetically beautiful color choices, lighting choices. It's so on point, everything visual, to go with this album antenna. Mixed Fruit, a T-pop group, showed off a range this year. The bouncy, catchy strawberry ice cream. Then they went for a more R&B direction with self-doubt. Lots of potential I saw. Same with Pixie, another Thai group, who went for both bouncy pop and laid-back R&B on the EP Rain. Jojo Tang released the Treasure Hunt EP. Very, very cute, full of bizarre misadventures involving fun, friendly monsters. Natori is a 20-year-old who's already so prolific and profound. I think he's a real on-the-rise artist. He's a singer-songwriter who I think has a long career ahead of him. He released so many singles this year. As of recording time, he's about to release December 20th, the album Theater. So big things for Natori. Definitely worth checking out. Osmanthus is a personal favorite. 
Lastly, Millennium Parade teamed up with Sheena Ringo and gave just so much fun weirdness. Love how weird 2045 is. Love how weird work is. They had such a an eclectic, odd mixture of sounds, visuals. They put their all total weirdness, total permanent stain on your memory status into their singles this year. Really good quality that overcompensated for the low quantity. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I have even more best of the year stuff coming, so stay tuned for the show as well as newsletter updates for free, 17karatkpop.substack.com. I'll also put a link to sign up in the description to see rankings and reviews of all the best of the year still ongoing. Thank you all so much again. I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.